a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm Mara Carabello filling in for Boyd today. So when the pandemic first started, the CDC urged people to stop buying N95 masks because we needed to save them for healthcare workers. Well, fast forward a couple of years, um, and in light of Omicron, the CDC recommended that we only use N19 masks for people, but that was yesterday. Today, they may have changed their directive a little bit. So fortunately for us, we have Rachel Rubine with us from the Washington Post, who is able to update us and give us the latest uh, directives from the CDC. So Rachel, very grateful to you to join us today on Inside Sources. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Okay, so why did the CDC change and where are we at this moment? Are we are we buying N95 masks or are we not? That's a great question. So uh, important to note the CDC is considering updating its mask guidance to recommend that people opt for the more highly protective N95 or KN95, as you correctly noted, not that were that are worn by healthcare personnel if they can do so consistently. So essentially, the CDC is expected, now they haven't they haven't done this yet, uh, they were weighing it as of our uh, report on Monday, uh, the CDC is expected to say that if people can tolerate wearing uh, these kinds of masks all day, they should. Uh, but to reiterate that uh, they want people to wear something and to do this if they can do it consistently and comfortably. Okay, gotcha. And so maybe we don't know this level of detail, but is it is it necessary to sort of go with the the brand, if you will, N95, or is the larger directive to just say, don't cheat it, don't throw a single piece of cloth up and call it a mask? I, I've seen some videos online that have this test where you put a candle out, and if you can blow out the candle or make the candle move, your mask isn't strong enough. So have they given any more specificity to, is it just asking for specifically a kind of mask, or is it just saying, be serious about the mask protection you're using? Um, yeah, well, we're we're still waiting for um, the you know the the guidance to be updated. Um, what we heard is on Monday is that they were considering updating the guidance. And um, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky tweeted today that the CDC is preparing to update the information on masks on their website. And she said uh, that was to best reflect the options available to people and the different levels of protection they provide. Was what her tweet said. So we're still waiting for that to go. Also, when she had sent that tweet, uh, she also wrote that 
the CDC continues to recommend that any mask is better than no mask. So I think that's something that uh, we will likely uh, continue to hear reiterated from the federal government. So this week, in addition to the director of the CDC weighing in on it, we had a U.S. senator, Senator Bernie Sanders, also decided to throw his hat in, said he would sponsor a bill that would send N95 masks to every household. Have you heard any updates on um, his assertion that he would uh, try and craft a bill? Um, today he uh, announced, Sanders announced that he was reintroducing uh, legislation to give uh, every American N95 masks. Um, now, you know, that's something that once the bill is introduced, then, you know, it kind of can wind its way through Congress or, you know, we don't know if it's, if it's going to get an uptake or not. But he did announce that he was uh, introducing that bill. Uh, so, so what are the criticisms uh, clarified or, or reiterated this week with the CDC was that they were communicating too off guard, like by tweet or just a, f- a flat press release with no ability to question and answer. And um, they really got some blowback about doing a better job communicating and doing a better job briefing, not only with spokespeople, but with healthcare professionals. As a reporter who is routinely following this issue, do you see any indication that the CDC is going to um, take a new approach to communication, meaning more in in person panels and perhaps more access to experts. Um, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, what what I can tell you is uh, something that uh, Republicans and Democrats hit on uh, during a committee hearing in the Senate yesterday. Uh, the hearing included CDC Director Rochelle Wilinski as well as three other federal health officials and. Um, Lawmakers of both parties had critiques. They were conveying frustration and exhaustion and uncertainty about kind of the pandemic as we enter year three. Mm-hmm. And one or two of the uh, main points that lawmakers have pressed about was uh, essentially confusion over the isolation and quarantine guidance that was released um, during the holiday season. And they also had a lot of questions about testing. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, I think, for those of us who who are, are on the compliance side and wanting to do our best, I know that we had a couple of positive tests during the holiday season um, in our household and, you know, trying to see how to honor the CDC guidelines of quarantining when some had symptoms, some had negative tests. Boy, it, it it's like filling out your taxes. I mean, it's it's a challenge. Um, and uh, CDC Director Linsky did get questions, uh, specific questions on that uh, yesterday from lawmakers, some who cited uh, specific examples when they were asking, okay, if this happens, do I do this or do I do this? Mm-hmm. And asking for uh, the CDC Director's response. 
So one of the, um, the, the best things about review, uh, interviewing with reporters is that you have this amazing seat and can hear so many different voices. And as of, I, I've listened to the CDC, who coming from a, a science-based place and a concern, obviously, about this continuing pandemic, and they're sort of re-upping their commitment to mask wearing. And, I, and that's what we've been talking about. On the other side, if you live in states like Utah, and there are many Americans who are pushing back harder than ever um, from a totally different point of view of, of, of um, their point of view on freedom and personal choice. And masks are the flashpoint for this. So um, how are you seeing the two different sides where masks, interestingly enough, are so important to both arguments, to both the public health argument and to this very passionate side who are arguing it's a fundamental choice issue? Um, are, are both sides just upping the ante on their point of view? Um, I, I, I mean, I, uh, this, that's a great question. And I think from a reporting standpoint, uh, we've seen this um, not be a flashpoint for not just now during the pandemic, but as you mentioned, for multiple years at this point. Um, yeah saw it last year, we saw it in 2020. So I think it's something that we've continued to see throughout the pandemic. Yeah. Um, Rachel, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for covering this and keeping um, us informed. And thank you for the work you're doing at the Washington Post. Thanks for having me. So coming up, we've been talking about the pandemic. We're going to talk about a major side effect of two years into the pandemic and its worsening mental health that's facing crisis in the country, but also for many Utahns. And what can we do about it? So specifically speaking to Dr. Rappaport from the Huntsman Mental Health Institute, he's going to join us and discuss some solutions that we can look at for us and our family and our kids. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.